Hebrews chapter 12 tonight, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, chapter 12 of Hebrews says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he had promised, saying, Yet once more I have shaken not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, and the word he's talking about is the finished work of Christ at Calvary. He said, And this word yet once more signified the removing those things that are shaken as things that are made, and that are things that which cannot be shaken may remain. There, there are some things that uh, have been shaken and they're going to continue to be shaken, but the things that cannot be shaken, he's saying, they are going to remain. And all those things that we've been trusting in here, uh, it may be shaken, our health and our wealth may be shaken, but I'm glad there are some things that cannot be shaken and they will remain. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, praise God. Let us have grace, wherefore, whereby we may serve God in acceptably and reverence and godly fear. Then out of the left field, the writer just says, our God is a consuming fire. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We just ask you to be with us tonight, Lord. Lord, you see the need of this country. You know the things that's going on, Father. We just pray, Lord, that you'll touch people tonight. And, Lord, just uh, help people in their fears and their doubts, Father. We just ask you to be with us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Are you glad Jesus is your Savior? I'm glad that I know Jesus, but I'm, uh, most of all, I'm glad that uh, he knows me. The writer said there are some things that have been shaken, and they're going to be continue to be shaken but the things that cannot be shaken, they're going to remain. All the things that we've been trusting in, our health, our wealth, uh, uh, has been shaken. But I'm glad that there are some things that cannot be shaken. And they're going to remain. Our faith in God. Our salvation. Uh, and God's amazing grace, God's mercy cannot be shaken. Because God is our foundation. The book of Hebrews <coughs> was written to a small band of Hebrews uh, that had trusted and, and believed in Christ for salvation and salvation only by Christ. And because of their faith and because they publicly announced their faith in Christ, uh, uh, they were uh, undergoing some persecution and troubles and trials in their life. And here in the book of Hebrews, the Christians were facing some very dark, disappointing and confusion times, much like the day that we're facing, the hour that we're facing, confusion times, fears, doubt that's running throughout. Uh, but I cannot remind you tonight that uh, that is where faith is most important in our life. In times of trouble, that is when faith is most important. And, and sometimes uh, things are, has to be shaken in your life. Sometimes there's things to be shaken in our faith to remain in faith and have God cannot be shaken. As the book was given to the Hebrew children, this book is also given to you and I. They might not know what to do at their time. But the book that God gave them, the same book that God gives us. And it's an inspiration, an instruction in perilous times. In the book, this instruction came in this form. This phrase throughout the book of Hebrews, you'll read this phrase and it says, let us. 
They're wondering where to turn to. They're wondering what to do. They're wondering where to go. They're wondering what to say. And God tells them in this book, and it may be times like this that we ought to wondering too at what to do and where to go and what to say and all these things. But God said in the book, He said 13 times, if I count it correct, let us, let us, we find ourselves here today. I want to give you some encouragement tonight. I want to take away that, that fear and that doubt that we have what's going on in this world. Uh, people are shutting down everything. Churches are starting to shut down. Uh, people are afraid. And, I, and I, I wonder why. Because they don't understand. The, this instruction, the encouragement, he said in chapter 4, verse number 1, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left unto us entering into the rest. And any of us should seem to come short of it. There is a rest for people of God. Aren't you glad that uh, in a world where you find shaking, in a world that you can find trouble, in a world that you can find unrest, there is a place that you can enter into the rest of God and find peace. In verse 14 of chapter uh, 4 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed by the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Don't give up on God. Don't walk away God. If you profess the name of Jesus Christ, hold on to that. Verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. I don't know more of any other time than the time that we're living in right now that we need to come boldly to the throne of grace. We not only need to come boldly through the throne of grace for ourselves, but others around us. This world is in chaos. This world is in fear. And they need somebody that can point them to the direction that they can find rest, find hope, find peace. And that is only in Jesus Christ. Then we can come boldly through the throne of grace of God. Chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of the Christ, let us go un on unto perfection. Chapter 10, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart, he tells us. Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, wherefore seeing also we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do easily, easily beset us and let us run with patience this race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who has enjoyed and was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and, and sat down at the right hand of the Father and the throne. God, for consider him that he endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. Let us hold fast that profession. Chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us enter the sacrifice of praise to God. 
There is no better time for you and I to enter into a praise of God. There's no better of a time that you and I should raise our hands to the heavens and thank God for who He is and what He's done. There's no better time that you and I should just say praise God, hallelujah tonight, thank you Lord. There's no better time. This book gives encouragement. It gave encouragement to the Hebrews that were going through persecution, trials, doubts, fears, and concerns. And it can give us the same thing. And in this text it says, let us have grace tonight. Grace in time of difficulty. Grace in a time of need. And where do we find the grace of God? We find it in the foundation of God. The faith of God. And that cannot be shaken. Preaching tonight on don't get shaken. Don't get shaken. We're living in a world where Wall Street is shaken to the core. We're living in a world uh, uh, that... uh, uh, Everybody has fear. Everybody has concerns. Finances are being shaken. Uh, Our hopes, our plans, our dreams have been shaken somewhat. Uh, And and even in the ministries, uh, even in the church, we find that it's being shaken in the churches tonight. And there is a great shaking going on. But those things that made by the hands of God shall be shaken. And it's going to get shaken and it's going to continue to be shaken. But I'm glad to tell you tonight, those things that made by God it will get shaken, but they will remain. The faith of God remains. The salvation of God remains. The mercy of God shall remain. The grace of God shall remain. You may be shaken, but there are some things that will remain. And praise God, his people cannot be shaken. We cannot be shaken tonight. In the midst of this world, this world that's being shaken, this world's been flipped upside down, God's people can hold their head up and say, Praise God, I will not be shaken. And all, all of these things that we see going around seems to come out all of a sudden. All of a sudden, all of this is upon us. We were one week having fun and just not thinking nothing, anything. And all of a sudden, in one week, is this, all this has came upon us. But God said, don't be shaken. Don't be moved. Then out of nowhere, he said, for our God is a consuming fire. What in the world does this have to do with what he just said? And I got to wondering about that. What in the world would that one verse 
How God is a consuming fire has to do with times of pearls, times of concerns and times of discouragement and disappointment. What would that have to do with somebody going through a trial and persecution? What would that sentence, that phrase, how God is a consuming fire has to do with it? And then all of a sudden it hit me. And I said, well, if my God is a consuming fire, then God wants us to look at things. So not I want to compare what a natural fire does and what a spiritual fire does. And try to give you some encouragement from the book of Hebrews about this. Our God is a consuming fire. First of all, fire gives light. Amen. If a fire breaks out somewhere in the distance at nighttime, it can be dark, uh, the moon's not shining, the stars are not shining, and if a fire, fire breaks out uh, in a great distance away, you can see that fire with your naked eye because it gives off great light. You can definitely say there's something over there because there's something burning, it's bright, uh, and you know a fire gives off light. And in the darkness, in the darkness, light comes forth. And we're seeing the times that the old-timey preachers were preaching about. We're seeing the times in the book of Revelations that has warned us about. We're seeing the times that Apostle Paul told us about. He was telling us about it, and it has come in our generation. We should not be spiritually blind in a darkness world. We have a God that is a consuming fire. And He lights up this dark world. God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It may be dark on the outside, but on the inside, and God has lit us up, uh, and God is, uh, has a light inside of us, we should not be blinded by the darkness of this world and by the fear of this world because we have the light of God on the inside of us. And you know what? If we've got the light of God on the inside of us, if we shine it enough, get bright enough, and get closer to God, it'll start showing on the outside that we can point people in the direction they need to go amen the world's scratching their heads today wondering what is happening what's going on where are we going to turn to who are we going to turn to but if you're born again bought by the blood Holy Ghost filled here's what you're going to do We've got the light and we're just going to praise God. The world's hoarding toilet paper. I don't know why. I don't know why they're doing it. It seems like you can go to Walmart and there's nothing on the shelves. Uh, no eggs, no bread, no toilet paper. Maybe this just might get the attention of some people. God is in control. There's some things you need to do. I was, I was down there and the, the water's gone, the bread's gone. And I, I just all of a sudden, just out of the blue, 
Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. And people stopped and looked at me real hard. I've got a smile on my face. And they looked at me and I keep telling people, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. And some people look around and say, I'm beginning to believe it. I'm beginning to believe it. God tells us these things are going to happen. And he said, uh, look up, your redemption draw nigh. He tells us that. The world is looking for answers. But I'm glad to tell you, those that are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, God is a consuming fire, and he gives light to a dark world. We are not to walk in confusion We're not to walk in fear. We're not to walk in doubt. But God has lit our path. God has lit our direction. And God says, I'm a consuming fire. And there's a light out there that you can see. And it will direct you in the path that you need to go. So a natural fire gives off light. So does a spiritual fire. It gives off light. So I got to think, what else does a fire do? Well, a fire warms you. Back when I was a kid, my grandmother had the fireplace there, and you had to get up out of bed and almost run outdoors to get in the living room because you went through a law that was a room that wasn't a room, it was just the outdoors area. And in the wintertime, it get mighty cold. And you had to brave getting out of bed to run to the fire. But once you get to that fire, boy, you could back up to that fire and just centrally turn around, get warmed all over again. Somebody asked, did y'all have central heat? Sure did. It was centrally located in the house. You had to run to get to it. Amen. So fire gives off heat. And I, I think about this. There are many times I've been on maneuvers at the military and it being in the wintertime, they don't care whether it's wind, snow, cold. I don't care what time they send you out there. But they send you out there. And let me tell you what, you get out there and you're standing out there and it's cold and you're standing at a foot of snow and you just don't know how you're going to make it. But all of a sudden there's a fire somewhere and you get close to that fire. It just warms your soul. It warms your body. Let me just say this. As a child of God, the fire warms you spiritually, amen. And let me just say this. The closer you get to him, the warmer you're going to get. I don't understand this world that runs away from God, that runs away from fire. If the fire is going to give you heat, if the fire is going to warm you up, I'd want to get closer to that fire. I'm running to God. I'm getting closer to God. Even in this dark world and even troubled times, I'm going to get closer to God. And the closer I get, the warmer I'm get. And when you're warm, everything's at peace. Amen. Fire gives you warmth. We're seeing how cold people, we're living in a cold world. We're seeing how cold and uncompassionate these people are. Living in confusion because they're drifting away from the fire. You know what? This is the best time in the world to get closer to the fire. 
Right now is the time you need to get closer to the fire. You say, well, uh, are you saying this is the end? I don't know, but I'm looking for somebody to stand up somewhere and says, I've got the solution. I've got the answer. And if everybody come unto me, you better watch out. Jesus said, when you see all these things come about, look up your direction, draw nigh. It is time for us to draw closer to that fire. And get with the fire and give light in the time of darkness in the world. And the fire can give warmth when you're cold. But also the fire purifies. It'll purify you. He purifies our life in a sinful world. How many of you remember ever getting a splinter in your finger? And your mama will run out and get that needle. <laughs> and she'll take that needle, and you're looking at her taking that needle, and she'll either put alcohol and take a match and strike that match to it. And don't be poking me with something that's hot like that. And especially mine, she started digging. I mean, no mercy, no grace. Just dig it out and get it over with. What it was doing is purifying. Got it purified. Get all those impurities out. And that's what the fire does. We're tried by fire. Get all those impurities out of our life. And that's what the fire does. It burns the things that's no good in our life. We're living in a dirty world today. A sinful world. A disease infested world. But our God is a consuming fire. And He can purify our hearts. He can purify our lives and our minds. In the midst of of a dirty, filthy world today. And I remind you, it's not time to back off from reading your Bible. You need to read it more. It's not time to uh, depend less on the Holy Spirit. You need to depend on Him more. It's not time to stop praying. Now it's the time to start praying more. Not forsaking the sinning of themselves. Together as many manners as some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching, we see the filth in this world, we see the disease in this world. This is an evil world today, but our God is a consuming fire, and He'll purify our hearts. In the midst of a sinful world, he'll purify our lives because he's a consuming fire. The world has never needed the church more than it does today. Let me say that again. The world has never needed the church more today. And you know what? The world needs the church, but the church needs those that are born again, washed by the blood, to get closer to the fire, get purified, get your life right. We don't need a bunch of dirty Christians in church trying to draw people in. Amen. You mean we got dirty? You better believe it. You better believe it. We need to get purified. The Christian people need to get purified because this world out there is lost and undone and dying and going to hell. And we need people that are close to God, walking with God, been purified. Their minds are right. Their lives are right. Their tongues are right. Everything's right because they're close to God. 
He is a consuming fire. We see him as a light unto our path. We see him warms our hearts in a cold and indifferent world. And we see that he purifies our hearts and minds in this filthiness, diseased world. But a fire will also defeat the enemy. People are asking today, is the world coming to the end? Yes. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But you better believe it is coming to an end. In fact, in Genesis, the Bible said he destroyed the, the world by water. He made a covenant with Noah that he'll never do it again. But he said next time it will be by fire. In Revelations, it tells us who, that whose name shall not found listed in the book of life shall be cast into the lake of fire. That this world is going to be burnt with fever and heat. This world is going to melt away. This world is not going to be this way no more. It will not be here. In fact, it says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth because this one has melted away. All the sin, all the filth in this world is going to be gone. But can I remind you, if you've been to Calvary, you will not feel the judgment to come to this earth, the fire. Because we've been saved from the wrath of God. He is our Father. He is our fire escape. We don't want to be here when this world catches on fire. There is a place called heaven. City for the redeemed. Because our God is a consuming fire, there's victory in the fire. Today, we need to have a voice of reason. We need to have a voice of hope. A voice of victory in a time of fear and despair. This is what I'm going to do. Trust my Heavenly Father, who has never failed me yet, and never will. I don't understand what's going on or why it's going on. I can understand why the lost do what they do. I can understand why people act the way they act that don't know Jesus. But what I cannot understand is those who profess to be Christian, bought by the blood, bend the Calvary, act the same way they do. We're the ones that need to be filled with the fire. We're the ones that need to let our light shine. We're the ones that need to have the voice of reason, the voice of hope, the voice of victory. We're the ones that need to point those that are in doubt, confusion, 
this is where God is. And as long as you have the Father, as long as you have Jesus, as long as you feel with the Holy Spirit, you've got it made. You've got it made. you saying, well, Christian people are not going to die from this. I don't know. If you run around and start licking handrails and doorknobs, you might catch it. I don't know. Then you're going to die because of stupidity. Amen. I'm just going to be, this just be brutally honest. But God gave us the mind to take care of ourselves. And God gave us the mind to trust in Him. And He'll take care of us. Amen. 